Section six of Gorgias by Plato translated by Benjamin Jowett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Johnson. Chirophon, you hear the audience cheering, Gorgias and Socrates, which shows their desire to listen to you, and for myself, heaven forbid that I should have any business on hand which would take me away from a discussion so interesting and so ably maintained. Callicles, by the gods, Chirophon, although I have been present at many discussions, I doubt whether I was ever so much delighted before and therefore if you go on discoursing all day i shall be the better pleased socrates i may truly say callicles that i am willing if gorgias is gorgias after all this socrates i should be disgraced if i refused especially as i have promised to answer all comers in accordance with the wishes of the company then do you begin and ask of me any question which you like. Socrates. Let me tell you then, Gorgias, what surprises me in your words, though I dare say that you may be right, and I may have misunderstood your meaning. You say that you can make any man who will learn of you a rhetorician. Gorgias. Yes. Socrates. Do you mean that you will teach him to gain the ears of the multitude on any subject, and this not by instruction, but by persuasion? Gorgias, quite so. Socrates, you were saying, in fact, that the rhetorician will have greater powers of persuasion than the physician even in a matter of health? Gorgias, yes, with the multitude, that is. Socrates, you mean to say with the ignorant for with those who know he cannot be supposed to have greater powers of persuasion gorgias very true socrates but if he is to have more power of persuasion than the physician he will have greater power than he who knows gorgias certainly socrates although he is not a physician is he gorgias no socrates and he who is not a physician must, obviously, be ignorant of what the physician knows. Gorgias, clearly. Socrates, then, when the rhetorician is more persuasive than the physician, the ignorant is more persuasive with the ignorant than he who has knowledge. Is not that the inference? Gorgias, in the case supposed, yes. Socrates, and the same holds of the relation of rhetoric to all the other arts. The rhetorician need not know the truth about things. He has only to discover some way of persuading the ignorant that he has more knowledge than those who know. Gorgias. Yes, Socrates. And is not this a great comfort? Not to have learned the other arts, but the art of rhetoric only, and yet to be in no way inferior to the professors of them socrates whether the rhetorician is or not inferior on this account is a question which we will hereafter examine if the enquiry is likely to be of any service to us but i would rather begin by asking 
whether he is or is not as ignorant of the just and unjust base and honourable good and evil as he is of medicine and the other arts i mean to say does he really know anything of what is good and evil base or honourable just or unjust in them or has he only a way with the ignorant of persuading them that he not knowing is to be esteemed to know more about these things than someone else who knows or must the pupil know these things and come to you knowing them before he can acquire the art of rhetoric if he is ignorant you who are the teacher of rhetoric will not teach him it is not your business but you will make him seem to the multitude to know them when he does not know them and seem to be a good man when he is not or will you be unable to teach him rhetoric at all unless he knows the truth of these things first what is to be said about all this by heavens gorgias i wish that you would reveal to me the power of rhetoric as you were saying that you would gorgias well socrates i suppose that if the pupil does chance not to know them he will have to learn of me these things as well socrates say no more for there you are right and so he whom you make a rhetorician must either know the nature of the just and unjust already or he must be taught by you gorgias certainly socrates well and is not he who has learned carpentering a carpenter gorgias yes socrates and he who has learned music a musician gorgias yes socrates and he who has learned medicine is a physician in like manner he who has learned anything whatever is that which his knowledge makes him gorgias certainly socrates and in the same way he who has learned what is just is just gorgias to be sure socrates and he who is just may be supposed to do what is just gorgias yes socrates and must not the just man always desire to do what is just gorgias that is clearly the inference socrates surely then the just man will never consent to do injustice gorgias certainly not socrates and according to the argument the rhetorician must be a just man gorgias yes socrates and will therefore never be willing to do injustice gorgias clearly not socrates but do you remember saying just now that the trainer is not to be accused or banished if the pugilist makes a wrong use of his pugilistic art and in like manner if the rhetorician makes a bad and unjust use of his rhetoric that is not to be laid to the charge of his teacher who is not to be banished but the wrongdoer himself who made a bad use of his rhetoric he is to be banished was not that said gorgias yes it was socrates but now we are affirming that the aforesaid rhetorician will never have done injustice at all gorgias true socrates and at the very outset gorgias it was said that rhetoric treated of discourse not like arithmetic about odd and even but about just and unjust was not this said gorgias yes socrates 
I was thinking at the time, when I heard you saying so, that rhetoric, which is always discoursing about justice, could not possibly be an unjust thing. But when you added, shortly afterwards, that the rhetorician might make a bad use of rhetoric, I noted with surprise the inconsistency into which you had fallen. And I said, that if you thought, as I did, that there was a gain in being refuted, there would be an advantage in going on with the question, but if not, I would leave off. And in the course of our investigations, as you will see yourself, the rhetorician has been acknowledged to be incapable of making an unjust use of rhetoric, or of willingness to do injustice. By the dog, Gorgias, there will be a great deal of discussion before we get at the truth of all this. Paulus and do even you, Socrates, seriously believe what you are now saying about rhetoric? What? Because Gorgias was ashamed to deny that the rhetorician knew the just and the honourable and the good, and admitted that to any one who came to him ignorant of them he could teach them. And then, out of this admission there arose a contradiction, the thing which you dearly love, and to which not he, but you, brought the argument by your captious questions. Do you seriously believe that there is any truth in all this? For will anyone ever acknowledge that he does not know or cannot teach the nature of justice? The truth is that there is a great want of manners in bringing the argument to such a pass. Socrates Illustrious Paulus, the reason why we provide ourselves with friends and children is that when we get old and stumble, a younger generation may be at hand to set us on our legs again in our words and in our actions. And now, if I and Gorgias are stumbling, here are you who should raise us up. And I for my part engage to retract any error into which you may think that I have fallen. Upon one condition. Paulus, what condition? Socrates that you contract, Paulus, the prolixity of speech in which you indulged at first. Paulus, what? Do you mean that I may not use as many words as I please? Socrates, only to think, my friend, that having come on a visit to Athens, which is the most free-spoken state in Hellas, you, when you got there, and you alone, should be deprived of the power of speech, that would be hard indeed. But then consider my case. Shall not I be very hardly used if, when you are making a long oration and refusing to answer what you are asked, I am compelled to stay and listen to you and may not go away? I say rather, if you have a real interest in the argument, or, to repeat my former expression, have any desire to set it on its legs, Take back any statement which you please, and in your turn ask and answer, like myself and Gorgias, refute and be refuted. For I suppose that you would claim to know what Gorgias knows, would you not? Paulus. Yes. Socrates. And you, like him, invite anyone to ask you about anything which he pleases, and you will know how to answer him. Paulus to be sure. Socrates, and now, which will you do, ask, 
or answer polis i will ask and do you answer me socrates the same question which gorgias as you suppose is unable to answer what is rhetoric socrates do you mean what sort of an art polis yes socrates to say the truth polis it is not an art at all in my opinion polis then what in your opinion is rhetoric socrates a thing which as i was lately reading in a book of yours you say that you have made an art polis what thing socrates i should say a sort of experience polis does rhetoric seem to you to be an experience socrates that is my view but you may be of another mind polis an experience in what socrates an experience in producing a sort of delight and gratification polis and if able to gratify others must not rhetoric be a fine thing socrates what are you saying polis why do you ask me whether rhetoric is a fine thing or not when i have not as yet told you what rhetoric is polis did i not hear you say that rhetoric was a sort of experience socrates will you who are so desirous to gratify others afford a slight gratification to me polis i will socrates will you ask me what sort of an art is cookery polis what sort of an art is cookery socrates not an art at all polis polis what then socrates i should say an experience polis in what i wish you would explain to me socrates an experience in producing a sort of delight and gratification polis polis then are cookery and rhetoric the same socrates no they are only different parts of the same profession polis of what profession socrates i am afraid that the truth may seem discourteous and i hesitate to answer lest gorgias should imagine that i am making fun of his own profession for whether or no this is that art of rhetoric which gorgias practises i really cannot tell from what he was just now saying nothing appeared of what he thought of his art but the rhetoric which i mean is a part of a not very creditable whole gorgias a part of what socrates say what you mean and never mind me socrates in my opinion gorgias the whole of which rhetoric is a part is not an art at all but the habit of a bold and ready wit which knows how to manage mankind this habit i sum up under the word flattery and it appears to me to have many other parts one of which is cookery which may seem to be an art but as i maintain is only an experience or routine and not an art another part is rhetoric and the art of attiring and sophistry are two others thus there are four branches and four different things answering to them and polis may ask if he likes for he has not as yet been informed what part of flattery is rhetoric he did not see that i had not yet answered him when he proceeded to ask a further question whether i do not think rhetoric a fine thing 
but I shall not tell him whether rhetoric is a fine thing or not, until I have first answered what is rhetoric. For that would not be right, Paulus, but I shall be happy to answer if you will ask me what part of flattery is rhetoric. Paulus, I will ask, and do you answer, what part of flattery is rhetoric? Socrates, will you understand my answer? Rhetoric, according to my view, is the ghost or counterfeit of a part of politics. Paulus, and noble or ignoble? Socrates, ignoble, I should say, if I am compelled to answer, for I call what is bad ignoble, though I doubt whether you understand what I was saying before. Gorgias, indeed, Socrates, I cannot say that I understand myself. Socrates, I do not wonder, Gorgias, for I have not as yet explained myself, and our friend Paulus, colt by name and colt by nature, is apt to run away. Parentheses. This is an untranslatable play on the name Paulus, which means a colt. End of parentheses. Gorgias, never mind him, but explain to me what you mean by saying that rhetoric is the counterfeit of a part of politics. Socrates, I will try then to explain my notion of rhetoric, and if I am mistaken, my friend Paulus shall refute me. We may assume the existence of bodies and of souls. Gorgias, of course. Socrates, you would further admit that there is a good condition of either of them? Gorgias, yes. Socrates, which condition may not be really good, but good only in appearance? I mean to say that there are many persons who appear to be in good health, and whom only a physician or trainer will discern, at first sight, not to be in good health. Gorgias, true. Socrates, and this applies not only to the body, but also to the soul. In either there may be that which gives the appearance of health, and not the reality. Gorgias, yes, certainly. Socrates, and now I will endeavour to explain to you more clearly what I mean. The soul and body being two, have two arts corresponding to them. There is the art of politics, attending on the soul, and another art attending on the body, of which I know no single name, but which may be described as having two divisions, one of them gymnastic, and the other medicine. And in politics there is a legislative part, which answers to gymnastic, as justice does to medicine, and the two parts run into one another, justice having to do with the same subject as legislation, and medicine with the same subject as gymnastic, but with a difference. Now, seeing that there are these four arts, two attending on the body and two on the soul for their highest good, flattery knowing, or rather guessing their natures, has distributed herself into four shams or simulations of them. She puts on the likeness of some one or other of them, and pretends to be that which she simulates, and having no regard for men's highest interests, is ever making pleasure the bait of the unwary, 
and deceiving them into the belief that she is of the highest value to them cookery simulates the disguise of medicine and pretends to know what food is the best for the body and if the physician and the cook had to enter into a competition in which children were the judges or men who had no more sense than children as to which of them best understands the goodness or badness of food the physician would be starved to death a flattery i deem this to be and of an ignoble sort polis for to you i am now addressing myself because it aims at pleasure without any thought of the best an art i do not call it but only an experience because it is unable to explain or to give a reason of the nature of its own applications and i do not call any irrational thing an art but if you dispute my words i am prepared to argue in defence of them cookery then i maintain to be a flattery which takes the form of medicine and tiring in like manner is a flattery which takes the form of gymnastic and is knavish false ignoble illiberal working deceitfully by the help of lines and colours and enamels and garments and making men affect a spurious beauty to the neglect of the true beauty which is given by gymnastic i would rather not be tedious and therefore i will only say after the manner of the geometricians for i think that by this time you will be able to follow as tiring is to gymnastic so cookery is to medicine or rather as tiring is to gymnastic so sophistry is to legislation and as cookery is to medicine so rhetoric is to justice and this i say is the natural difference between the rhetorician and the sophist but by reason of their near connection they are apt to be jumbled up together neither do they know what to make of themselves nor do other men know what to make of them for if the body presided over itself and were not under the guidance of the soul and the soul did not discern and discriminate between cookery and medicine but the body was made the judge of them and the rule of judgment was the bodily delight which was given by them then the word of anaxagoras that word with which you friend polis are so well acquainted would prevail far and wide chaos would come again and cookery health and medicine would mingle in an indiscriminate mass and now i have told you my notion of rhetoric which is in relation to the soul what cookery is to the body i may have been inconsistent in making a long speech when i would not allow you to discourse at length but i think that i may be excused because you did not understand me and could make no use of my answer when i spoke shortly and therefore i had to enter into an explanation and if i show an equal inability to make use of yours i hope that you will speak at equal length but if i am able to understand you let me have the benefit of your brevity as is only fair and now you may do what you please with my answer polis what do you mean do you think that rhetoric is flattery socrates nay 
I said a part of flattery. If at your age, Polus, you cannot remember, what will you do by and by, when you get older? Polus. And are the good rhetoricians meanly regarded in states, under the idea that they are flatterers? Socrates. Is that a question, or the beginning of a speech? Polus. I am asking a question. Socrates. Then my answer is that they are not regarded at all. Paulus. How not regarded? Have they not very great power in states? Socrates. Not if you mean to say that power is a good to the possessor. Paulus. And that is what I do mean to say. Socrates. Then, if so, I think that they have the least power of all the citizens. Paulus. What? Are they not like tyrants? They kill and despoil and exile any one whom they please. Socrates. By the dog, Paulus, I cannot make out at each deliverance of yours whether you are giving an opinion of your own or asking a question of me. Paulus. I am asking a question of you. Socrates. Yes, my friend. But you ask two questions at once. Paulus. How two questions? Socrates. Why, did you not say just now that the rhetoricians are like tyrants, and that they kill and despoil or exile any one whom they please? Polus. I did. Socrates. Well then, I say to you that here are two questions in one, and I will answer both of them. And I tell you, Polus, that rhetoricians and tyrants have the least possible power in states. As I was just now saying, for they do literally nothing which they will, but only what they think best. Paulus, and is not that a great power? Socrates, Paulus has already said the reverse. Paulus, said the reverse? Nay, that is what I assert. Socrates, no, by the great, what you call him? Not you, for you say that power is a good to him who has the power. Paulus, I do. Socrates, and would you maintain that if a fool does what he thinks best, this is a good, and would you call this great power? Paulus, I should not. Socrates, then you must prove that the rhetorician is not a fool, and that rhetoric is an art and not a flattery, and so you will have refuted me. But if you leave me unrefuted, why, the rhetoricians who do what they think best in states, and the tyrants, will have nothing upon which to congratulate themselves, if, as you say, power be indeed a good, admitting at the same time that what is done without sense is an evil. Paulus, yes, I admit that. Socrates, how then can the rhetoricians or the tyrants have great power in states? Unless Paulus can refute Socrates, and prove to him that they do as they will. Paulus. This fellow. Socrates. I say that they do not do as they will. Now refute me. Paulus. Why, have you not already said that they do as they think best? Socrates. And I say so still. Paulus. Then surely they do as they will. Socrates. I deny it. Paulus, but they do what they think best. Socrates, I. Paulus, 
that socrates is monstrous and absurd socrates good words good polis as i may say in your own peculiar style but if you have any questions to ask of me either prove that i am in error or give the answer yourself polis very well i am willing to answer that i may know what you mean socrates do men appear to you to will that which they do or to will that further end for the sake of which they do a thing when they take medicine for example at the bidding of a physician do they will the drinking of the medicine which is painful or the health for the sake of which they drink polis clearly the health socrates and when men go on a voyage or engage in business they do not will that which they are doing at the time for who would desire to take the risk of a voyage or the trouble of business but they will to have the wealth for the sake of which they go on a voyage polis certainly socrates and is not this universally true if a man does something for the sake of something else he wills not that which he does but that for the sake of which he does it polis yes socrates and are not all things either good or evil or intermediate and indifferent polis to be sure socrates socrates wisdom and health and wealth and the like you would call goods and their opposites evils polis i should socrates and the things which are neither good nor evil and which partake sometimes of the nature of good and at other times of evil or of neither are such as sitting walking running sailing or again wood stones and the like these are the things which you call neither good nor evil polis exactly so socrates are these indifferent things done for the sake of the good or the good for the sake of the indifferent polis clearly the indifferent for the sake of the good socrates when we walk we walk for the sake of the good and under the idea that it is better to walk and when we stand we stand equally for the sake of the good polis yes socrates and when we kill a man we kill him or exile him or despoil him of his goods because as we think it will conduce to our good polis certainly socrates men who do any of these things do them for the sake of the good polis yes socrates and did we not admit that in doing something for the sake of something else we do not will those things which we do but that other thing for the sake of which we do them polis most true socrates then we do not will simply to kill a man or to exile him or to despoil him of his goods but we will to do that which conduces to our good and if the act is not conducive to our good we do not will it for we will as you say that which is our good but that which is neither good nor evil or simply evil we do not will why are you silent polis am i not right polis you are right socrates hence we may infer that if any one whether he be a tyrant or a rhetorician kills another or exiles another or deprives him of his property under the idea 
that the act is for his own interests when really not for his own interests he may be said to do what seems best to him polis yes socrates but does he do what he wills if he does what is evil why do you not answer polis well i suppose not socrates then if great power is a good as you allow will such a one have great power in the state polis he will not socrates then i was right in saying that a man may do what seems good to him in a state and not have great power and not do what he wills polis as though you socrates would not like to have the power of doing what seemed good to you in the state rather than not you would not be jealous when you saw any one killing or despoiling or imprisoning whom he pleased oh no socrates justly or unjustly do you mean polis in either case is he not equally to be envied socrates forbear polis polis why forbear socrates because you ought not to envy wretches who are not to be envied but only to pity them polis and are those of whom i spoke wretches socrates yes certainly they are polis and so you think that he who slays any one whom he pleases and justly slays him is pitiable and wretched socrates no i do not say that of him but neither do i think that he is to be envied polis were you not saying just now that he is wretched socrates yes my friend if he killed another unjustly in which case he is also to be pitied and he is not to be envied if he killed him justly polis at any rate you will allow that he who is unjustly put to death is wretched and to be pitied socrates not so much polis as he who kills him and not so much as he who is justly killed polis how can that be socrates socrates that may very well be inasmuch as doing injustice is the greatest of evils polis but is it the greatest is not suffering injustice a greater evil socrates certainly not polis then would you rather suffer than do injustice socrates i should not like either but if i must choose between them i would rather suffer than do polis then you would not wish to be a tyrant socrates not if you mean by tyranny what i mean polis i mean as i said before the power of doing whatever seems good to you in a state killing banishing doing in all things as you like socrates well then illustrious friend when i have said my say do you reply to me suppose that i go into a crowded agora and take a dagger under my arm polis i say to you i have just acquired rare power and become a tyrant for if i think that any of these men whom you see ought to be put to death the man whom i have a mind to kill is as good as dead and if i am disposed to break his head or tear his garment he will have his head broken or his garment torn in an instant such is my great power in this city 
and if you do not believe me and i show you the dagger you would probably reply socrates in that sort of way any one may have great power he may burn any house which he pleases and the docks and triremes of the athenians and all their other vessels whether public or private but can you believe that this mere doing as you think best is great power polis certainly not such doing as this socrates but can you tell me why you disapprove of such a power polis i can socrates why then polis why because he who did as you say would be certain to be punished socrates and punishment is an evil polis certainly socrates and you would admit once more my good sir that great power is a benefit to a man if his actions turn out to his advantage and that this is the meaning of great power and if not then his power is an evil and is no power but let us look at the matter in another way do we not acknowledge that the things of which we were speaking the infliction of death and exile and the deprivation of property are sometimes a good and sometimes not a good polis certainly socrates about that you and i may be supposed to agree polis yes End of part six. Recording by Kevin Johnson.